if he has good technique, he will be elite. If his technique becomes great, not just good, then he's a Hall of Famer. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, beating the double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, so it's about football, not storylines. And you are listening to the 59th edition, I believe, of Blood Splits. Um, been a little bit since I've done some film with you guys on a couple of live streams uh, since the season has ended. But now with free agency uh, kicking off what, a couple of days ago, a week ago, whatever it was, um, we have plenty of things to talk about. Um, Film-wise, draft coming up, we got a lot to do. Um, forgive the audio if it's not as good as it typically was. Uh, I have a mic, but I don't know where the mic plug is because I just moved into a new house, as you guys know. Uh, sitting in my living room as of right now. Um, so, uh, like again, <clears throat> apologize if the audio is not as good, but I'll figure that out. Um, in the future today, doing Carl Lawson, as you know, most likely by the title, wherever that is, up, down, sideways, wherever um, I should be pointing to, I'll probably blow me is the title. Um, going to, I think I have about 73 plays of him, 74 plays of him. I'm probably, I'm going to break it up into two shows. I'll probably do about 39 to 40 today and then leave the other 30 for another day. Um, then I'll also have the rest of the Jets free agent signings that I will be doing. Um, looking through them, probably have Corey Davis next, Gerard Davis after that, uh, Sheldon Rankins, Cole Joyner. Um, might do a little bit on Tyler Croft to tight end. And I don't think I'll be doing anything on Justin Hardy for special teams. Maybe a 20, a 20 minute review of a couple plays on the special teams. But that's about it. If, if anything for him. And then obviously for some of those secondary players, the uh, or the the specialists, not the lunch specialists, the um, skill players. So I'm looking for geez, uh, the Corey Davises of the world, the uh, Keelan uh, Coles, the Lamarcus Joiners of the world. I'll, I'll have Marcus Coleman on, a good friend of the show, uh, 11 year NFL uh, vet, coming on to break down those with me. Probably going to live stream the draft, uh, the second round of the draft, the second and third round. The first round, I think I'll be enjoying with some of my friends coming over. Uh, but the second and third round, I think I might live stream with with Kyle Smith. Maybe maybe we'll do that. Um, overall, though, with the Carl Lawson thing and just overall with free agency in, in general, I just want to give a quick little recap um, and my thoughts on some of these signings. Uh, overall, I think the Jets came out and they identified two guys that they really wanted, Corey Davis being one of them, who um, um, through about a quarter of his film review, I, I already have about you know 20-something plays on him. A uh, guy who fits the offense really well is a um, physical receiver, a guy who can go over the middle, a guy who's really good on play action. Um, with the Jets running so many condensed sets because of the offense they'll be running, uh, most likely under – that Shanahan branch, the receivers are are split out uh, less far to the sideline, so they're going to be more involved in the run game, more chances to to design them to, to crack linebackers, crack the ends, crack safeties um, while getting in, involved in that run game. So having bigger guys who are physical is great for that. Um, and obviously with this offense being an offense that you want to get the ball out relatively quickly get guys in opportunities to get yak um, building off a of play action, you know, crossing the middle, having a big body is really important for that, especially a guy who can get yak as well. So Corey Davis fits that mold. Um, Mims fits that mold. 
Uh, Crowder's a little bit of a misfit. I, I think he can still be good in this offense. I'm just curious to see how he um, kind of gets mixed into the um, run game and and having to go over in the middle versus some of these linebackers and things like that because he's a guy who can get yak. But in terms of uh, chopping up with linebackers and things like that, um, I'm interested to see how he will fit in, in this offense, even though uh, I still do think generally he will fit pretty well. Um, but overall, like I said, he, he identified some guys he wanted. The da- Davis was apparently the first call of free agency. Lawson is a guy who they really obviously wanted as well because um, in this salad defense, the defensive end um, is a really important position, along with every other offense. That's not really giving you guys a, a ton right there, but especially in this off, uh, I, I mean, in any other defense, excuse me. Um, but especially in this one, because Sal is a guy who ideally does not want to blitz. He wants to send four. Yeah, he might stunt. He might uh, run some twisting games up front, but ideally he, he wants to just uh, run four guys up there. He didn't blitz. Um, a ton last year when he had a healthy roster. Now, when you know guys like Bosa went down, uh, he did have to blitz a little bit more. But in the first games that I watched when Bosa was healthy, um, and just knowing his his defense, um, he's a guy who ideally does not want to blitz. So having a guy who could just win one on ones, you know, on the edge is huge for this for this team. And then you pair him alongside guys like uh, Quinn and Williams, uh, like John Franklin Myers. You can both rush the passer as well, especially in, you know in his defense where it's going to be less two gap and more single penetrating gaps. It's going to be really good for the for the rush to have a guy uh, like Lawson on the edge because he's not going to be seeing as many double teams as Quinton Williams. I, I think Quinton Williams is going to see more of the double teams um, inside. One because I think Quinton Williams is is a superior player, especially going to th- into year three. I think Quinton Williams is going to be a top three defensive tackle in the entire league. That's not discounting Lawson because Lawson, um, you look at his pressures, you look at his QB's hits, he's up there with guys like uh, Joey, Nick Bosa um, in terms of pressures and QB hits, which again, do you want, do you see the five and a half sacks and do you say, okay, well, why isn't he finishing those? I, I get that, but having pressure, having QB hits is, is, a, is a barometer for how successful you could be because there's guys out there like Trey Hend- Hendrickson who signed a contract for about $15 million as well, but he got a little bit less guaranteed um, money than Lawson did. He looked at his sacks and I was looking at him when Jets were rumored uh, to be interested in Hendrickson and you looked at it and it was coverage sacks, stunts and hustle sacks. And those are not, um, those are not kind of conducive to being successful in the future. Like if he was a one-year wonder and he was beating guys off the jump, swim moves, you know, chop rips, all these things immediately getting to the quarterback, I would have been more excited, but watching his film, I was like, this is a lot of like the Calvin Pace esque 10 sacks um, that the Jets had in what was it, 2009, 2010, um, where people kind of called it fluky. So I wasn't as excited where Carl Lawson is consistently getting to the quarterback, but the quarterback's either getting rid of the ball quickly or he might miss a sack or two. I'll not be on the wrap a guy up, whatever it may be. We'll go over some of that in the film, but uh, Lawson, regardless of the five and a half sacks, is a really good rusher. Quinn Williams is a really good rusher inside. John Franco Myers has been. Uh, a revelation since coming here, uh, looking at his film before he came here to the Jets. I was pretty impressed. He got injured his first year at the Jets. And then uh, last year, you know, playing that more of a full-time role, he was really, really impressive. So got to be excited for that. And then obviously they add Rankins as well for um, about what, $8 million a year. Another guy in the interior who could rush 2018, I think he had like eight, eight, eight and a half sacks uh, has that has battled some ACL injuries some leg injuries. Um, over the last few years, but apparently this offseason, he said he feels 100%, which obviously he's going to say regardless, but you have to hope that's true. Um, because if you have a guy like Rankins in his 2018 form at defensive tackle, rushing from primarily one tech and three tech, 
um, and getting that, you know, eight, nine, 10 sacks alongside, alongside guys like Quinn Williams and John Franklin Myers and Lawson, uh, this defensive front could be legitimately one of the best in the NFL. I'm talking about just their four down linemen. And then you have the capability with these guys um, and some of the depth they built to rotate them. Now, now you have guys, you know, who might not be household names. Um, I think Foley is in terms of when people are around the NFL are talking about one of the best nose tack, uh, one of the best run stuffing nose tackles. Now you rotate him in, you have guys like Shepard, you have guys like Huff, you have guys like Phillips um, who, who could rotate in, which is great because you want to keep your defensive lineman um, nice and rested. And even if you just talk about the top five guys on this defensive line and you can rotate Fadokasi in on, on rundowns, you know, whether it be, um, you know, second and five, third and three, whatever it may be. And you want to rotate him in, uh, like I said, with guys, uh, like Q, like Fadokasi. And then on the edge, um, you know, you can rotate guys like Phillips in, um, for, for Lawson or for, um, a guy like John Franklin Myers, Phillips is, is plenty successful out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use this. I think John Franklin Myers is going to be the primary five tech guy. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, he's going to be the nine tech. I don't, I don't, I don't believe he's athletic enough for that. Um, but in terms of uh, as a, you know, first and second down player, not in passing situations, um, especially with Rankins, I think with Rankins, if he wasn't here, you'd have John Franklin Myers um, kicking inside, but with him here, um, you're probably going to keep Franklin Myers outside, which isn't necessarily his ideal role. Um, but as a run stuffer, I think he's going to be more successful on the outside um, than on the inside, which again, he can still rotate inside sometimes as well. But um, the Jets have plenty of depth. Uh, they have plenty of options um, in terms of where to rush guys from, whether it be, like I said, from the edge guys, from, uh, Q from Sheldon, uh, rotating them at three and one from zero. Uh, it's going to be really, really exciting for the defensive front. So I know rankings was on a guy that people were maybe, um, expecting, but just looking at how, um, Salah won with his defensive front with the 49ers. Um, it makes a lot of sense. A uh, lot of high upside guys, um, who maybe have not reached their peak with Lawson Davis rankings, throw a uh, Jared Davis in there. A lot of people say he did not fit for the lions. Um, primarily because uh, I believe they run a three, four. So he was having to take on a little bit more blocks and have to think a little bit more. And with a guy like Davis, from what I've watched and little I have watched so far, I will do a review on him, obviously. Um, he seems like a Sam linebacker um, on the front side of runs. They're going to want to have blow up blockers. And if he's not blowing up blockers on run plays, you're going to want him as a blitzer um, because he's a, he's an effective blitzer. I think in coverage uh, from what I've seen again, little I have, I like to preface it by saying that. Um, he seems like a guy you don't want in overly complex roles on uh, or in coverage, but overall he has the athleticism to, to, to take exit angles, to, to peel off, um, to show blitz, um, and then get back 10 yards, 15 yards, whatever may be into his zone. Um, but I, I do think he's a guy you want playing more towards the sideline, whether it be in a curl to flat, a hook to curl, but you don't want him um, over the middle, you know, in that Tampa two type role. So, um, I think he's going to be a guy who they're going to simplify his role and coverage and they're going to ask him to blitz, um, which he's successful at. And the run game, again, instead of having to diagnose, you know, read A to B, A to C, whatever it may be, like he might have had to do, or it seems like he had to do with the Lions, okay, just attack that B gap, use that speed, use that aggression. So when the Jets are saying that he's not, he's a better fit with the Jets, I think that's why. So I think they're going to simplify it down for him. So $7 million signing. 
This is a guy kind of like last offseason is very similar where, you know, a lot of people were disappointed. They type in Jared Davis, PFF. Oh, his grade's not that good. He's a bust. This, this sucks. Same thing with Fant. You know, Fant, uh, people obviously hammered the signing. Is he an all-star of a player? No, but is he, an, is, is he a decent right tackle? Yes. And if you're getting a decent, um, you know, linebacker, a strong side linebacker who could blitz, who can play to simplify coverage, um, who could fill gaps in the run game, um, then it's then it's worth that seven million dollar contract. So let's see what happens again. A, f- a former first round pick. So I'm okay with that signing. I don't overall love it. Um, looking at a guy like Keenan Cole again, uh, super effective, always on the field. A guy who's only you know averaging what five, six, seven hundred yards. Um, but again, he, this is with guys like Garner Minshew and uh, the Bortles of the world. I think he played a little bit with Bortles um, in his first couple of years. Um, but with, like I said, guys like Minshew and guys like, uh, who was it last year, Glennon. So, um, effective receiver, I think at, on other teams or on plenty of teams, he could be a number three, um, on this team, I even think it could be a number three, especially because the jets are going to run a lot of 12 personnel. So there's going to be receivers, you know, not all four receivers, not even all three receivers are on the field at the same time. So, um, I think that he, um, is a great backup. I, I think even as a three, he'd be pretty good. So you're talking about a guy who. Um, is decent at yak as a willing blocker, a good contested catch guy, even though he's a little bit skinnier. So um, in terms of depth, now you have guys like Cole coming in instead of guys like Chris Hogan and Lawrence Cager. So got to really like that signing too for, for a one-year contract. Um, and then kind of rounding it out with the other, like the, the bottom three guys. Uh, Joiner is a guy who was a really effective free safety, uh, guy who mix up in the box a little bit for the Rams. Um, he went and played primary slot corner for the Raiders. He did not work out at slot corner. The Jets signed him with the idea of him being more of a free safety. So now you got, you know, or now you have, not now you got, you, you have guys with the three safeties of Davis, May, and Joyner, and you can mix them up. Joyner could play a little bit in the box. He could play in the slot a little bit. Um, he's a guy who could play deep, whether that be in cover three cloud, where he's going to play the outside third or the middle third. He could play in quarters looks as the, as the middle fourth whatever it may be. So he, he has the versatility to play in the box or high. And you have a guy in Davis who ideally, and just looking at his film in college with more development, he's also a guy who could play, he has a versatility to play in the box um, as more of like a will or a slot um, or high as well. So you have versatility in that where the Jets, you know, at this point with no corners on the team, they might be running more big nickel where you have three safeties on the field instead of three corners on the field. So we'll see what they do, obviously, in the rest of free agency. Um, but I really like the joiner signing with the idea of him being a primary backup at safety um, or a guy who might even see, you know, 60% of the snaps, um, depending on what the Jets do. If, if they are going to be cover three cloud heavy, or cover three look heavy or quarters coverage heavy. Um, he could, he could see a, a bigger role. Now, if they're playing cover two, um, maybe he's not going to see as much time or, or cover one, you know, we have to see exactly what the role is going to be, but I like that signing as well. Tyler Croft, a guy who was drafted by the Bengals, um, been relatively um, consistent, like a, like a, like a backup, like in, like a number two tight end when he's healthy. Um, he's been injured a little bit, but a really good blocker. Guy could play H back a little bit, so he's going to play a little bit like that fullback role for the Jets in line blocker. Him and Wesco are going to fill those roles. Um, he's a backup type signing. I was a guy who, who really wanted a you know John o. Smith in here, Gerald Everett in here. Uh, unfortunately, it did not happen. I don't know if the Jets offered or not, but this is a position I feel like is going to be addressed maybe mid rounds of the draft, maybe in the in the, in the uh, in free agency going forward. 
So maybe now they're not a little bit, uh, they're, they're a little bit less reliant on 12 personnel, 21 personnel than, than they were with the 49ers. And maybe they are running a little bit love and personnel because we'd rather have guys like Tyler Croft in the field or Ryan Griffin, Trayvon Wesco, or we'd rather have guys like Crowder and Cole in the field. So that might be a little bit of a, of a newer wrinkle, um, excuse me, for this offense. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, but not a bad uh, tight end depth sign. And Justin Hardy, you know, again, like a day three signing, people are freaking out. These guys getting $2 million. He's one of the best special teams uh, players in the NFL in terms of coverage units. Um, so the Jets struggled with that a lot last year. You saw Braden Man, like his averages and his, uh, I forget if it's net or whatever it is, his, his punts um, were a little bit down, but it's because the coverage unit was not really good. So Justin Hardy's a, a Brant Boyer type signing. Um, special teams is important as well. So I'm fine with that. Uh, there's a few areas I think he might have missed a little bit. Um, some of the linebacker contracts that were handed out, you know, the Nicholas Morrows of the world, the Jayon Browns of the world, the Keanu Neals of the world. It's again, it's hard to see exactly what's happening in the negotiating table. Maybe these guys aren't even taking calls from the Jets. Maybe they don't want to play with the Jets. And, you know, there's so many things that can happen. People act like it's mad. Then you offer, you know, let's say Keanu Neal uh, $5.5 million over the Cowboys, $5 million a year, and Keanu Neal would accept. It's not always that simple. You know, people kill the Jets for Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney signed a $16 million deal um, with, you know, the team who's been to back-to-back Super Bowls and won one of those Super Bowls and who will probably be, to, you know, if you had to bet in the AFC right now, would be, you know, in the Super Bowl next year. So, um, people can't just act like, oh, well, if they offer him the same amount of money or more, he would have signed with the Jets. It's not always true. Um, but linebacker overall um, would probably be my biggest criticism because this defense, again, is a defense based on my watching that they do like to run um, four, three looks where other teams would go um, nickel. So they'd like to have their linebackers in the field. And looking at the linebacker core of the Jets, they have Mosley Davis and pretty much nothing else. Like not to be, you know, uh, not to dismiss some of the other guys on the team, but let's be honest here, like the Jets are, are a 2-14 and 14 team, and it's not like guys like Hewitt and Lange and Louvre are hot commodities, and none of those guys are even on the Jets right now. Um, Cashman's consistently injured, so you have like two guys, like, and that's it. Like There's, there's literally nothing else. So I, I think the Jets really need a will linebacker, whether that be you know, Quan Alexander or KJ Wright, maybe an Alex Anzalone. I'm not sure how well he fits into a will role. Um, but I think they do need another linebacker badly. So that's one of the areas I feel like they missed on the guard situation. Like I said, you know, Sheriff getting tagged, uh, Tooney going elsewhere. You can't really blame him. Now, could you blame him a little bit for not picking up the phone for guys um, like Lindsley? Listen, you know, they, they liked uh, McGovern where he was at center. They signed him to be a center. They don't want to move him. That, that's, that's the end of the story. That's, you know, whether you agree with that or not, that's how they feel. They don't, they want a guard. They don't want to, to kick McGovern over because, you know, maybe they don't feel as he'll be as effective as um, at guard as he will at center. I know he wasn't as effective last year as people wanted him to be, but look how bad the guard play around him was. Uh, there's a lot of um, improvements in McGovern's game that I think that will happen if he has more consistent um, guard play around him. So um, is it a mistake? Maybe, but I'm, I, again, I'm not going to kill him for that. Uh, the interior offensive line market was pretty dry and people will kill him for, Oh, well not, why not bring in Rodney Hudson? And people fail to realize that he's a bigger contract and he's more of a power gap guy. The Jets are not, don't, they don't, they don't need power gap offensive linemen. They need guys who could, who can move, um, who could reach block, who could, who could do these zone principles. So, which again, we'll go over um, with, you know, when I talk about some of these offensive linemen that I'm sure they'll get in the, in the draft and then we'll go over, 
and kind of talk about um, what they look look like in this in this offensive line scheme. And then I have a bunch of notes on the offensive line scheme as well that we'll go through in terms of how Coach John Benton likes to um, likes to block and some of his his main core uh, principles and philosophies. So that'll be fun to do throughout the season because he's not a guy who necessarily loves to reach block. He likes to take guys more where they're going. So that's going to be an, an, an interesting thing to discuss with you guys to describe to you guys. Um, overall, other than that, like, yeah, linebacker, interior offensive line, been a little bit disappointing. Corners, there's, there's been some corners. Apparently they were on uh, in on William Jackson. That didn't happen. Um, but overall, there are still some guys out there. There are going to be some guys they signed for one or two years just to hold the fort because there these guys um, – one, there might not be options out there. He wants to see how the market's going to be next year. Um, and he's going to try to sign guys long-term you know, next year and the year after that. The Jets are not – listen, if they if they missed out on William Jackson and Shaquem Griffin and they were near a Super Bowl team, be more pissed. But they missed out on these guys. And what is that? They can take the Jets from six wins to seven wins this year. Like, let's not go crazy. Um, $30 million in cap space roughly right now. I do want to get into the, the film review. I just wanted to touch on some things. And, again, just kind of rambling in a, in a really weird direction. Uh, just overall, not really. It's not really laid out anyway. But they have about thirty million dollars roughly in, in cap space right now, um, which again, people are saying, "Oh, he's not spending." Okay, well, there's thirty million dollars in cap space right now. About ten, I think, actually closer to twelve million dollars is it has to be put aside for rookies, considering how many uh, picks the Jets have. Um, so that brings it down to let's just say let's let's be let, let's be on on the on the uh, I guess favorable side to the Jets. Now they have twenty million dollars. Then you have three to five million dollars in season costs for injuries, whatever it may be. Let's just bring that again. Concert, let, let's be let, let's be on the on the best side of it. And let's say they just have eighteen million dollars in cash space right now, which might really even be fifteen uh, to to twelve. Really, you have fifteen million dollars, seventeen million dollars. You you sign a you sign a you know a Sherman and a Pool. Now you're down to to pretty much nothing. So you know to blow his load on a Kenny Galladay. Instead of a guy like Corey Davis, who, by the way, got $12 million, where a guy like Nelson Aguilar got $12.5 million, you drive up Nelson Aguilar or Corey Davis, like the, 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 the difference in those players for, the, for the, the, the money they got is absurd. Like the Patriots just, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, but the Jets don't have a ton of money. Like they have, like I said, $15, $18 million. And again, if they sign some of the guys I'm going to go over right now, um, I think it's a good approach. You don't want to blow your load on a couple of players when you're so freaking far away. And you need to build up the depth of the roster and the overall roster. You're not you're not a big time corner away or a big time receiver or a big time offensive lineman away from competing. So you need to build up the entire team, not just one position group. So um, are there a miss or two? Yeah, interior offensive line could have done a little bit more there. Maybe you know maybe uh, Tooney no, Sheriff no. Argue about Lindsley or, or one of these guys if you want, but again, they wanted to keep McGovern at center, so that's their that's their philosophy. So I can't kill him for that thing. I will kill him for a little bit, like I said, maybe corner a little bit, maybe linebacker a little bit. But looking at some of the guys, uh, my updated wish list that I put out here, I believe all these guys are still available. Um, number one, I think the Jets absolutely need need a, a corner right now, uh, an outside guy, uh, whether that be a Stephen Nelson, who is apparently going to get traded from the Steelers. Um, if not released, Steven Nelson, uh, Malcolm Butler, uh, who was pretty effective last year, or Richard Sherman, who I've heard is just not going to come here. He wants to play for a contender, and he's a West Coast guy, so he's probably not going to come. Razul Douglas, a guy who I believe was on the Eagles when uh, Douglas was there, so maybe there's some familiarity. Maybe he'll bring him in. Or Denard, 
Um, I just feel like even before the draft, they absolutely need to bring in a starting outside corner because bless Austin, as you guys know, if you've been watching the show for more than a minute, um, I think it's severely overrated by Jets fans. I think he's pretty terrible to be completely honest. So they need a corner. Um, so number or one of those guys, my number one need slot corners, another huge need for the Jets, obviously with teams spreading teams out, 11 personnel, 10 personnel empty. You need a slot guy as well. And right now it's Guidry. Um, was he effective last year? Yes. But do you want to uh, kind of hitch your wagon to a undrafted guy who had a couple of good games last year, but overall still you want him to develop a little bit more. Maybe he takes over for, for that, that, that starter role in a year or two. Uh, Quan Williams um, and Poole, number two need, bringing one of those slot guys. Uh, number three, offensive guard. This is the number one need uh, just because of you know considering the – Rookie quarterback who's most likely going to be coming in, but just based on who's there, it's my number three kind of on the wish list. Lane Taylor, a guy from the uh, Packers who had a season-ending injury last year, but still when he was healthy, was pretty effective. Um, try to bring him in. Uh, again, with these guys being transparent, I'm not sure how great a fits there in the offense, but a Quentin Spain, a John Miller, Tri Turner, uh, one of those guys. I feel like you really need to bring one of those guys in because uh, you want to, you know, commit five, six, seven, eight million dollars to one of those guys, cut Alex Lewis. Alex Lewis is trash. Um, I rather have a little bit more of insurance there where you have a guy who could be maybe a below average starter in a, in a Spain Miller Turner, where I think Lane Taylor could actually be a decent starter um, instead of a Lewis who is just bad overall. And you save some of that money and you kind of redelegate that to these guys. So I would look at one of those guys as a third need. The fourth need, in my opinion, um, is a linebacker, like I was talking about before, a Quan Alexander, a KJ Wright, and Alex Anson are some of the guys I'm looking at. There might be some other guys who could be, you know, better than Bill Blake Cashins out there, but those are some of the guys who I wrote down as at the top of my mind. Uh, defensive end, again, this is just making a strength even more strong. If you have one of these guys and you rotate them in with who I was speaking about, Kerry Hyder, Jadavion Clowney, buy him while he's low, Olivier Vernon, uh, Everson Griffin, Curry, and you mix those guys in, and now you have, let's just say, Hyder. You have Hyder, um, Hyder, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rankins, Quinn Williams, uh, John Franklin Myers, and Lawson. And you have five guys who can legitimately get after the pass, the the uh, the, the quarterback. And now you can you can you can conserve some of their energy even more. Um, that would make for an extreme. That'd be an extremely good signing. I think a Hyder. You can sign him for three, four, five million dollars a year, hopefully. Um, and that would be absolutely ecstatic or I, I would be absolutely ecstatic. So I would probably, you know, Clowney's going to be a little more expensive, but guys like Hyder, um, maybe Vernon, uh, Griffin Curry, who might cost more than that three to $6 million range where Clowney might cost $10 million. Um, as those depth, uh, kind of rushers and make guys who are not going to start, you know, play 80% of the snaps, but who, who might play 50, um, I think would be, great for this defense and then the only other thing i could think of um and there's, uh, there probably is more but i think i like, get depth running back would be a good signing again uh people talk about oh the draft the draft the draft i don't want to necessarily rely on the draft for anything so if they could bring in a duke johnson a gerard mckinnon a coleman and then if you if you miss in the draft and you have a a trio or a a, a foursome of duke johnson p ryan josh adams and um ty johnson is that an elite group no but look at look at the philosophy of the you know 49ers 
um, who didn't really need that main that main number one guy. So if you have a rotation of guys, you know, is it ideal? No. Would you like an Aaron Jones in here or an Aaron Jones or you know top flight guy when the Jets are competing more uh, and making a legitimate run? Yeah, sure. But um, that's that may not be the case this year. So you might need a depth guy. You might need a Duke Johnson for three million dollars a year. I'll be okay with that. So now getting into the film of uh, Lawson again, you know, sorry for rambling on for 20 minutes, whatever it was about free agency. Um, and that's the quick thoughts, our next live stream, which will be Monday the 5th or whatever it is, the first Monday of April with myself and Kyle Smith. Uh, we'll talk even more about free agency and even more moves will happen by then. Then we'll look more into the draft as well, because it will start to round out because I, I really do feel that the Jets will bring in at least another two guys. You know, I, I think a corner will absolutely be one of them and probably another guy on the defensive front, you know, a, a linebacker DN. And maybe they look into, or they look to bring in a guy like a Lane Taylor. Um, again, don't want to blow your load too early, especially this year with guys not finding homes. Like again, I, I've named plenty of guys out there. Um, you don't want to have to jump to the front of the line to sign these guys when you know that these other teams don't have a lot of cap space. So you're you're kind of competing against yourself at that point. So um, I think Douglas is smart to let the market set itself and then get these guys on good deals instead of being the deal they're going to say yes to right away. Like, let's say Denard. Denard, if let's say they sign up for $6 million a year or $5 million a year, and you're that first team and you want them so bad, you jump up to $8 million, well, now you just blew your load and, you, and you know $3 million more than the $5 million you could have spent on them because you didn't want to be patient. And Joe Douglas is one of those guys who's patient. But at the same, at the same token, identify guys like Lawson, like Corey and Gerard Davis, who we really wanted, and he might have spent a little bit um, – on those guys and Lawson for $15 million a year is not a lot of money. Corey Davis for $12 million a year, as compared to Nelson Aguilar, who's making more money is not a lot of money a year. Gerard Davis, $7 million a year. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit much, but if he produces this year and he has a kind of that, that um, he goes from that disappointing first signing like Fant to a, a decent player for the jets. People might be talking about Gerard Davis next year and be like, Oh, sign him. He was, you know, I was surprised by him. I can see that easily. So I'm really excited to get to the Gerard Davis film. Um, for Carl Lawson, 25 years old. I think he's going to be 26 in the season. Starts 6'2", uh, 260. I watched all of his games um, this year. I don't think he missed any games. Um, the strengths and weaknesses, I'm going to hold that for next show because I want you guys to come back next show. That's that's my little teaser for the next episode I'll do, uh, which will be a little bit more um, or a little bit less plays. But again, uh, with the list of the strengths and weaknesses, um, has quite a few moves, um, rushes, he can rush from the three tech. He can rush from the four. I can rush from the five. Um, he's also a guy in, in, uh, Robert Sala's defense who again, likes to, um, throw out that nine tech frequently. Um, and he's a guy who can rush from nine tech because he has really, really good burst. He's a really, really good get off. Um, his, his get off comes more from his first step and, and his power from his load up um, versus where other guys, you know, uh, just thinking of like a recent example from, from film from college and Ja'Kai Polite, where his get off was good, but it was really that second and third step that propelled him past tackles where Lawson's more of a guy who has that power from that load up where he really jumps off the line of scrimmage. So, um, but again, getting into some of the film, I'm going to do about 40 plays right now, um, ish of him. Let's see here. First play, again, I haven't done film in a while uh, or done a film show in a while. Uh, primarily, the, 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 um, he's going to be on the left side of the offensive line rushing into the left tackle um, or the right defensive end, the, the right side of the defense. 
So that's where he primarily was for the Bengals. Now, does he have the flexibility to work inside, like I said, uh, to work as um, the the uh, the right end? Or sorry, the, the left end? Yes. Um, but primarily, he's going to be rushing the left tackle. That's, that's where he's the most uh, comfortable. But again, he does have the versatility. Um, Lawson, bull, controlled hand, uh, left four timing. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Again, um, for a guy who's, who's 260, he definitely has good get off. That might not even be the best example of it. He completely destroyed this, this tackle, this game, uh, who I think just signed with the, I'm, I might be mistaken, but I think he just signed with the Colts. Um, I don't know if he's going to start for them. I, I hope not for Carson Wentz's sake, but, um, Carl Lawson is a guy who he definitely loves the bull rush, um, really compact frame. He's not a big guy. Um, in my opinion, his arms are a little bit short. Um, from what I've watched, so a little bit compact, which is good for bull rushes because you're going to have that natural leverage. But at the same time, um, guy tackles who are a little bit longer than him might get their hands on him first, which is one of his weaknesses, in my opinion. Again, just you know, I'm not going to lay them all out there in a list form, but I will obviously talk about some of those things as I go on in the show. Um, but overall, in this play, again, good job rushing straight right here. The tackle opens up his hips right here opens up his chest and Lawson does a really good job when tackles start to open up you can see the timing of his right foot in the ground where he's, he's rushing up the arc right here and then as this as the tackle opens up now he's going to plant off the instep and work through him instead of around him uh he's a good he does a good job of, of reading guys leverages reading their hips reading their sets where if he was to stay far inside okay now he's now now he's in a long arm um, and then chop and then bend. Whereas if he opens up, he bull rushes through. So he does a good job of kind of feeling out that left hand, um, or not feeling out the left hand, feeling it, the, the pass that out. And then the left hand, you can kind of tell where it's placed on what he, dep- what, what he's trying to do. Um, or if it's a little bit more, um, to the inside shoulder, he might be trying to, to angle inside and get to the quarterback. Um, whereas if it's more to the mid to the outside, that's where he's trying to kind of uh, just kind of stab to keep himself or to keep his chest clean and then to chop the outside arm and, and bend. Um, and this example, again, rushes up the arc, plants, drives through, compact, much, much more compact than the tackle. Uh, again, now he's already winning the leverage game at this point when it comes to the contact. Hand inside. And again, another good thing he does Um good tendency to control the outside hand with the, um, with his outside hand, the, the tackles outside hand with his outside hand um, when he is bull rushing again, not allowing them to recover. Um, so good job with that here. Again, compact direct force right through left hand inside right hand controls bull rushes and gets, and gets to him. Obviously the ball is out really quickly. Again, it are, unless he beats this guy cleanly off the line, is he even get this sack? Probably not. But when you watch this rush, considering how fast he gets there, this is a very this is very effective. Again, you see the burst, you see the compact frame, um, you see the leverage battle. Hand placement is great. Um, the arm isn't overextended. He has a he's a nice he's a nice powerful setup right there. Um, with that like 70, 80% bend in his arm, um, coming from underneath, nice and tight, powerful, lifting up and through the guy. He's not necessarily going through him. He's kind of lifting more up. Again, you have those couple different forces. You have the push, you have the pull, um, you have lift, and he is lifting. Then you have torque as well, and he has a tendency to, to, to lift 
and torque. Um, that's what he's doing right here. Lift, torque, control the hand, and and work straight through him. So it doesn't get there again, but uh, still an effective rush um, for for Lawson right there. So let's work through the next play. Uh, I got to reorganize my screens. I haven't done this in a while. I can exit out of that. Okay. Sorry for the, the uh, what is it called? The light behind me is a little bright. Uh, I'm still setting up the office. That's that's, that's like our, our storage room right now with all of our freaking boxes and stuff we got to figure out. But uh, there will be a, a office desk type scenario or thing I'm working on. Um, loss in hands, okay? Again, uh, he does have the flexibility to, to kick out a little wide, um, which obviously... I want to see what this is going to be because this widened splits telling me something. Either they want to keep him to the outside, we're going to single team him, um, or they might rush through that gap. Okay, play action through that gap, and they're going to keep him wide. Yeah. Um, so again, he has the flexibility to play inside, outside, uh, four point stance, three point stance, two point stance. Uh, he has the, the 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 range to play all of those. So he's not a strict hand in your dirt defensive end. Um, even if the Jets play, like you know, there will be a three-four look or two this season. If you want him playing stand-up outside linebacker rushing, he, he can do that as well. Um, obviously, as a defensive end, is most of the reason to be most effective. But again, rushes the tackle. Timing is great here. As he gets in that contact window, left hand on, keeping the inside hand of the tackle off of him, and he has the tendency to, to hop outside like that, which is good. Um, especially when you have shorter arms, you kind of have to win with your feet <laughs> and here he's doing that. Um, whereas if he was just going to continue on the angle he's at right now, this inside hand, if he misses or the outside hand right here of the tackle might miss him. But, um, when you jump to the outside, now you have that tackle reaching a little bit for contact, which makes it easier to chop. Whereas if, Again, if he stays on that in, more of that track inside or more tight to the tackle, that inside, if that outside hand hits him from the tackle, now it's a little bit harder to 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 break um, to break that arm, not literally, but to break that contact from his chest. So when he knows he's going to get the the punch from the tackle, he angles off outside again to make him extend to make it not as strong as a not as strong of a of, of a contact point for that tackle. That's what he does right here. Rush it inside, hand on as he hops outside, chops the outside arm. And now he breaks that contact, softens the edge for himself. Now you have the tackle who is trying to recover to the outside. Lawson is aware of the quarterback's drop point. He doesn't want to continue up the arc and try to bend because he's going to get rushed completely out of the play. You have the tackle who's opening up. And now Lawson is going to try to work through him. Again, look at the leverage. A lot of force from this back foot working off the instep, driving you know uh, underneath of the tackle. Gets the pressure. Again, did he finish this as a sack? No. Are all 40 plays I'm going to show you right now going to be sacks? Again, no. But the angles he works right here, rushing more towards, hands on, chop winning the contact point game rushes through him. Again, that now if Taylor had to hold that ball for another quarter of a second, guess who's there? Lawson. So that matters. You want, you want to see a guy who's, who's winning, getting to the quarterback. 
Um, and there are reps of that obviously as well, but, uh, consistently he is pressuring, he is getting, you know, a lot of those almost rushes, which again, with guys like Quinn Williams, John Michael Myers Rankins, um, he's, he's not going to get double teamed. Um, you might a little bit because it's a little bit easier for a tight end or a running back to chip and release than it is to, to double team for that running back or tight end on the inside. Um, but it depends on the offensive philosophy because at the same time, you have more offensive linemen near a three tech than you do as an edge. So it depends on what their looks are, you know, um, empty sets, lighter personnel sets. It's easier to double team a guy like Quentin Williams, heavier personnel sets. It's a little bit easier to get, or, or uh, tends to be a little bit more easy to get hands on Lawson. So Lawson aware chase down again, a lot of these sets just look from on the right side of your screen, left side of the offense, right side of the defense. Now I'm not going to call out names. Um, but I did see something on Twitter where they said, okay, well he, he rushed and he, and, and I, so I like the awareness here. He rushes, he sees, he sees Taylor looking that way. His vision's there. He throws his hands up. Now there are somebody who said, oh, well, you know, he, he, Taylor didn't throw this ball because of Lawson. That's not true. The, the receiver was like more down the field and he would have had a loft down the field. It's not like it was a bubble screen or a hitch where he was in a, he's an effective play. So that's, that's not the case. Um, it's a little bit lazy of analysis in my opinion, but still in Lawson's mind, he sees him setting and hitching. He gets his hand up. So good job on the, the awareness for that. And he has a good flexibility, especially for a guy um, who is bigger. He has like a good flexibility to change angles and accelerate. Like right here, he jumps like just this, this, this jump and then acceleration to the quarterback is impressive to me. This, again, it's a little stuff that matters, but like that's impressive for a guy who's, who's 260 plus pounds. So um, again, wins the edge, the tackle takes a quick set, not the best, the best set in the world. Quick set, hand up, sees him hold the ball, bends, accelerates gets the sack or I believe that was, that was a sack if, if not a you know a run stuff type deal um spin really effective spin move too uh with his moves I do tend to want to see him be a little bit more versatile in in his um he has a lot of moves but sometimes he relies too much on that on the stab, long arm, chop of the outside arm. I want to see a little bit more versatility of him rushing inside, but overall he does have a lot of, of moves. Um, and guys have their bread and butter. You know, look at guys like Justin Houston, Dwight Freeman, all that. So I, I don't want to be too critical. Of that is just something worth mentioning. Again, this is just awareness. Rushing directly towards um, number 69 right here, who, again, is is not, not, not the best from 69. He left tackle, considering he knows he's going to trip and release. He has the flexibility to stay more inside on Lawson. He he oversets. He gets too far wide. Lawson reads that. Being the smart player that he is, he's he's you know his he's the, the tackle's not splitting him. There's a lot of room to the inside. So what is he going to do? Attack the inside. No, you do not want to attack this gap right here. You do not want to attack the C gap um, because obviously you're going to get chipped and uh, the tackle is in position to to guard that C gap. Um, you really have to work through the the hips and the, and the feet right there. So closes ground. Hands are ready, compact, ready to deflect the punch. Swipes the hands, tight spin move, gets that in, gets the uh, gets the spin foot tight to the uh, tackle, which is good. Again, the, the tighter it is, the better because it's going to deflect the hands. 
and give the uh, tackle less time to to adjust to drop the the uh, post foot to and and to uh, to recover. Whereas if you're farther away, obviously you're farther away from from uh, getting your hips even and winning. So you want to get that inside or the inside foot, wherever the spin foot or the the, the pivot foot, um, as tight as you can. So tight pivot foot, hands are ready. Flex the hands. Good job coming around with this arm too, and uh, using like that ice pick. If he is there, you're going to propel yourself now off of that arm as well. Gets to the quarterback again. So, looking at it, you know the, this, these these stat humpers is okay. Not a sack. Pressure. Is this a good play? Is this as good as it gets? Yes. He was there immediately, but he got rid of the ball, and it's a completion. But is this a win? Is this an A plus play for Lawson? Hundred percent. So this is why watching the film is obviously important. I think you guys know that. Um, hand spin. Oh, hold on. All right. Next play. Um, five. Uh, loss in hand spin. Yeah, again. Oh, this is another one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Same thing. Uh, this is a good pass rush plan. Like, no, obviously noticing um, – Pass rush, plan is our pass rush plan is important. Uh, if this guy's going to continue to overset him, you don't want to see Lawson try to um, continue to try to win outside. Uh, that would be concerning for me. So the fact that he, he continues to overset right here, again, you want this foot more splitting. Um, and his hips are a little bit uneven here. Uh, he's having a really hard time getting to the inside unless he's, he has really good feet and he can power step um, inside. We're basically just going to keep that the, the the post foot to post foot and power step inside where this is going to stay forward instead of dropping the post. Um, and now the kick becomes the post, the post becomes a kick. Um, so unless he has a good feet, he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to win here. Again, Lawson notices this tight to him, rushes the rushes the arc. Notice he's oversetting, hands tight. Um, Depending on the on the spin inside versus inside to outside, outside to inside, um, you have to be ready for those hands. A lot of guys will cross drop and then spin, but um, in situations like this, you just want to be ready for it because again, this maybe wasn't his primary plan um, unless he saw him overset oversets. Ready, defeats the hands, tight pivot foot. Explodes off of the outside foot. Explode, pivot, inside. Nice footwork. One, two, three. And he's completely around. Look how tight that spin move is. Right here. That's good movement for a DN, I'm telling you. It's nice. Spin inside. And again, now. Let's say, you know, you have guys who are winning their rushes, Quentin Williams, John Franklin Myers, you know, Rankins, maybe Tyrod Taylor doesn't have the room to get outside of here. So is this a win? Could this have been easily been a sack? Yes. Again, something else to note too is the balance right here, the balance and the flexibility as he's recovering. Pretty good right there. He's a little bit tight laterally. Like his lateral movement is okay to me, um, but in terms of like flexibility, ankle flexion, um, bend for the end, it's it's pretty good. Like he's definitely a good athlete. So Taylor gets out. Now, 
a pressure versus sack. Taylor was just able to move at, at all of it. That's all it is. So you want to see, you don't want to see a guy who's not getting pressures and, and, and hits who gets sacks. You I, again, would I rather have a guy making up numbers here um, who has 20 pressures and hits combined and 12 sacks or a guy who has five sacks and 50 pressures and hits combined. Like the guy who has a 50 pressures uh, combined is showing me he wins more often than the guy like uh, Hendrickson, who again, just, just you don't have to do a film review. I started to watch a film on, on, on his sacks, go watch his sacks on YouTube and see how many of them are stunts or coverage sacks. It, it, it wasn't that impressive to me. So he's a guy I said consistently that I only want to sign for about $10, $10 million a year because I, I think he is a little bit overhyped. He got $15 million. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to pay him that. Edge right here. Power. Obviously, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, little bit of a game up front. Zero Tech trying to pull the center and the, and the right guard. He's trying to pull... Um, the left guard inside and you have 59 who's going to loop into the B gap. So that's the game, but I, I just want to note the power right here. Again, good job shortening his stride right here as he comes in the con as, as he's coming to that contact window, obviously shorten that stride um, is allowing for a quick change of, of direction, whether it be left or right. So good job shortening the stride. Beats the hands club. Rip center drops off to try to uh, try to pick him up. Hands on him, power <laughs> blows him up. Love it. And did he trip? It doesn't look like he tripped. I'm always I'm always wary of the feet. Maybe his foot got stepped on a little bit, but I don't see that. So, uh, good job shortening stride. Good job uh, having having his hands ready. Uh, club preparing for the center and bowling him over. Can wreak some havoc on the inside. That's for sure too. Uh, really, really excited again for for this player. Play seven. Bend. Okay. Put some bend in a in a previous play. Let me know if you guys would want us to live uh, live stream for rounds two and three. Again, uh, rounds one, round one. I know my a couple of you know a couple of my buddies who are big draft guys are going to be here. But, Having a couple of brews, so I don't want to be like, okay, guys, sorry, I had a live stream. Um, you guys are my friends too, kind of, but uh, I have real life friends, <laughs> so I think. Um, so I know that I probably won't have anybody over for the rounds two and three. So if you guys want me to live stream uh, with Kyle Smith, uh, maybe we could do that. We could recap day one. We could talk about our feelings on day two. Uh, hopefully, at that point, the Jets will have two second round picks, two third round picks. That'd be that'd be a, a fun show to do. Uh, bend outside right here, a little bit wider, not a traditional five tech and comma wide five comma seven. Uh, but I, I don't go crazy about those things. Um, again, uh, I go crazy a little bit about people who don't label two eyes, four eyes, six eyes, things like that. Um, but if you're going to call this a wide five or a seven, I don't care. People call this a wide five because there's no tight end. So you can't be a seven technique. There's not a tight end out there. Or some people would like to call it a seven imaginary tight ends right here. He's seven. Uh, who cares? That, that's that's all that's all um your preference to me there's not a right or a wrong way with that um so bend again good burst off the line it's in the is is 
in the backfield or getting even with the with the tackle pretty early. Again, good job of him. Um, when he knows he's going to come into that contact with the tackle, his stride elongates. So now he's chopping and trying to bend. Whereas if you're going to shorten your stride, you have to take more steps. He's have more time to recover, more time to recover before you bend. But a lot of guys out there, the Aaron Donalds of the world, the 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 good rushers of the world, not just Aaron Donald, um, when they're coming to that contact, they're going to jump outside or elongate and then bend. Um, so if you can time it well, it's really effective. If you don't time it well, you can really screw yourself because if you jump right here and he catches you, now you have less power um, in your base, so you're going to get completely thrown outside. But if you time it well, if your hands are good um, and elongating or or widening, jumping, whatever you want to call it, <coughs> um, is really effective. So um, it's effective in the right situation. You have to use it right. So elongates gets outside. Time with the cross chop. Bend. Drop the hips. Bend. Again, we're talking about a guy who is uh, 260 pounds bending like this. Pretty good. Now, again, could this have been a sack? Yes. Um, if this tackle, which is uh, Wills, if he's a little more athletic, does he get a hand on him to push him uh, past Mayfield? Probably not. But if Mayfield at the same time takes his gets to his set point and does, doesn't notice Lawson, he doesn't step up like this away from him. Um, now, one of the weaknesses of of Lawson, in my opinion, is the shorter arms, uh, which can affect his tackle radius, where if he's a guy like Chandler Jones right here, or uh, who else has long Just say Chandler Jones. I know he has long arms. Chandler Jones right here, does he get the sack? Maybe he does. So that's a little bit of a weakness of his game, his tackle radius. Um, but again, good elongation of of, of his was it third, fourth step, whatever it is. Uh, one, two, three. It's third step. Where he jumps, changes his angle, cross chop, bend and power through that bend. But Mayfield steps up and away from it. it. Is what it is. Still a win. Good bend, obviously, too, as I talked about. Power leverage, okay. Yeah, this is just he, he's he's powerful. Um, obviously, this being a tight end, it is what it is. But the tight end actually wins the leverage game. Um, but good job by by Lawson. One widening. What else does he do? In steps. Again, we've talked about that a lot before. If you're if you're new to the show, um, having the natural hinge point of your of your knees is what the instep is working against or working to to limit if your if your toes are going to be directly under your knee um your knee is naturally going to, to bend but when you're throwing your legs out sideways um you're kind of almost like taking the uh, you're putting more pressure through your knees to make them not bend um if that makes sense i don't know if i described it the right way um but that's that's what it is so Works off the insteps, you create a lot more power like this. Nice wide base working off the insteps. Tight elbow, again, you know, the looser your elbows are, the, the more flexed out, flared out they are, the less power. Obviously, you're trying to lift something heavy, you try to lift with tight elbows because that's where you're most powerful. So tight elbows, insteps, relatively good leverage, lifts. That's the force right here. 
It's not, it's not push. It's not pull. It's, it's not torque. It's just straight lift. Look at this tight end. <laughs> He's in oh shit mode. Good hand placement under the armpit literally lifts the tight end like off of the ground and just drives him inside. Obviously the tight end trying to win inside. Where's the run going inside? Lifts him. And kind of, throw, I think he throws him right into the, right to the running back's track. So again, we're watching him right here. Look at the power he's generating from the ground right here, off of the insteps, right up and through him. Right in the running back's way. Right in the running back's way. Meets helmets, stuffs him. Um, I would say that Lawson's a decent run defender overall. If that's your question in your head, um, I don't think he's great. I think he's okay. Um, but I think guys like Quinn Williams, like Fado Kasi, uh, like John Franklin Myers, who was again is a little decent guy in the run game, though they have plenty up there. Um, none of them are bad. So Lawson hit. Uh, he is left on the left side right here. Um, call him a five, call him a six high. Or you can call him a six. Maybe. Uh He's a little bit more inside. So he's like a six, six, I five. Again, whatever you want to call him, I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. As long as you can, can imagine what I'm talking about. Oh, I got to love the hit. So he's obviously penetrating right here. Um, he's not responsible for the edge. Power to take on the double team. Make sure you try to dent the high leg. Hands inside. Turns. Again, if you're taking on a double team like this, you don't want to completely open up your uh, chest because you give him more of a, of a of a contact point. You want to lessen your contact point. Lessens it, turns. Turns the, the right foot to absorb off the instep. Rips up and through. Cuts off the running back's track, lays a big shot. Watching full speed. Again, just a good job with his hands, getting hands on, absorbing contact, showing some of that power, and finding the running back. Hell of a play. Reverse pivot. Oh, okay, so he's going to miss this sack. Uh, He's right here. A little bit of a wide five. Again, really, he he dominated Jason Peters in this game, who is one of the better tackles in the NFL. A little, a little bit of drop off from his from his prime as he is like 36, 37, whatever it is years old. But again, another primary rush we're going to see from Lawson. Rushes more on an inside track or a tighter track to keep his guy inside. Once he keeps his guy inside. He um, elongates, hops outside, hand on, chops the outside arm. Does he miss that outside arm? That's something he does do a little bit um, is with his outside arm, he does tend to throw it a little early um, and miss guys outside arm. Uh, Sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he does, but I, I did notice that a little bit. I, I wanted to be a little more patient with the outside arm overall. Um, but 
Again, one, two, elongate, hop outside, attempt to chop, but he's winning the uh, the the battle with that left hand. One one uh, one arm is longer than two type deal. Keeps a hand on, but uh, you have you have Wentz, who's one of the more athletic quarterbacks, who's going to be able to escape uh, plays like this. Um, is it a bad angle? No, it's it's really not. He's taking the angle directly to his near shoulder. I'm I'm okay with this angle. It just happens. Now again, this is where I talk about some of the, the shorter arms, the tackle radius, um, and it's just power overall. Like there's the you know from a from Wentz, you know there's there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league who are not going to be able to break this, but Wentz is one of those guys. So he doesn't finish it. Would you like to? Obviously, yes. Do you like the the working of angles right here, the inside arm? the maintaining of that contact with the inside arm and keeping Peters off of him as he works directly to uh, Wentz. Yeah. Quarterback hit. Didn't finish it. Happens. Um, Lost in leverage, power, eyes, quarterback feels okay. Okay. Now that's a sack. Okay. This is another play where the you know the, the he kind of he this is more the feel that he that he has in the game where the the tackle sets deep, um, so he has the the edge is gonna be really hard for him right here to to win this because he's he's he took a really deep set so for him to defeat the arms and to bend. Um, is a much lower percentage than him to to win inside, um, especially you know if he's dropping back and his feet are quick to the you know, you know um, backwards, he's not got as much power to hold up against a bull rush or an inside rush. Hand inside again. He's a really good timing with that with that inside stab, long arm. And I love the fact that right here too, when he when he get like, similar to other plays. Inside hand widens as he lowers to win that to win that uh that leverage battle as well. Chop outside arm. You see that'll be a little more powerful. You want to see that break the elbow right there. Doesn't. But again, because he because he widens as he gets that hand in, he, he's dropping his weight, dropping his hips, and now he's winning the leverage battle. Hand inside. Force spins the, the tackle. Arm over. Sack. Let's watch from full speed. I think there's another replay. Again, just notice the burst right here, too. Burst is good. Timing of that strike. Leverage. Angles. Chop aware of the quarterback set point great play look how low he is right there again the force he generates like look how compact he is and look at the force he generates right here that is 
there's not a lot of tackles if he gets this placement on them who are going to be able to win this rep. Especially a tackle on Peters who is starting to feel his speed a little bit and it's starting to open up to the outside. You see this whole movement from Peters? You see how big this step, these steps are? Look, this step right here. And then this step, he's really laboring to get outside on him. And again, when you're laboring to get outside, now you're not going to be as balanced. Your force is going backwards where now he's in a bull rush. If he starts setting up outside and starts to win bull rushes, um, you're going to have a long game, which Peters did. Feels that. And this is absurdly impressive. Just throws him. Takes him down for the sack. Uh, run stuff. So, okay, two plays in a row, I guess. Edge right here. Six tech. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to pause it. Again, feels the run play. Sees the movement inside from, the, from uh, I think, 85 is Rogers, Richard Rogers, right? I could be wrong. Steps inside with that, feels that movement. Sees the block coming from Peters. Hands inside. Tries to find the running back's track. Sees him going inside. Good job winning leverage battle right here. That's that's really what's it. the important thing about this is just feeling the play, winning the leverage battle, and then getting his eyes up. Gets low, and you're gonna see obviously as he as he rips through um, to cut off the running back's track, he steps through. Good job, Lincoln. Hands and the feet. Power right here. You see how flexible he is with his body. And still able to wrap up the running back for a run stuff. Next play. Similar scenario. They're running um, in, an inside zone from gun. Inside tight zone. Feels his own steps. Widens with his own steps. Hands inside. Eyes up, sees the running back, sees the running back, maintains that contact with the right hand. Running back cuts back, plant, use that circular force, throw him inside, tackle. Good job. Lawson sack. Okay. Could have had three this game pretty easily. Ah, sack force fumble. Okay. Up the arc, up the arc. Again. What is the tackle doing? He's getting in a lot of depth and making it tough for him to win to the outside, especially with a shorter drop, literally a one-step drop. He's obviously just hopping right here, just reading the play, but it's a one-step drop from gun. So... If you take a five to seven step drop, maybe you can win the outside, but you have to have the, the, the awareness of the quarterback's drop along with the tackles drop to where you can win. What's the, what's your most effective angle you can take up the arc, direct his force inside hands on. He, he really frequently, even with shorter arms wins the battle of who gets contact first, which is really important for, for any, for really any 
any defensive line, offensive line position, I should say, even linebackers taking out blocks. Whoever whoever gets their hands on first, more likely than not, is going to win um, or has a much higher chance of winning. Hands on first. It's just bowling with that left arm. Power, 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 power. Sees the inside angle to work to Wentz. Another good thing, too, is about this is he takes the uh, the right arm right here to control the outside arm to break, to break that elbow, to break that contact. Breaks it. Yeah, the hands here are nice. Sorry, I, I, I record these and I watch them as I break them down. It's not like I have a set. I'm sure I could be like some people and 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 write down exactly what I'm gonna say, but that that would be stupid. I hate I hate that. So, hand on, break the elbow, work the elbow. Cross his face, sack, and force fumble. Did they recover? No, the Eagles did. I'm pretty sure. All right, next play. Fourteen. Ben dip. Again, right side of the screen. Now that is explosion. Look how quick he's off the snap. Look where he is compared to the, the offensive line in this team. Snap timing, explosion. His first step is really good for his size. You know, obviously... He might not be as fast as a 225-pound, 230-pound linebacker, but for a 260, 265-pound linebacker, I mean, a defensive end, this is, this is top-notch. That's, that's really good. That is really good. He times the snaps so well with his burst that Peters literally has no shot. Good job trying to throw that cross shot to just, just in case which he just misses with. Peter's just with his hand on the left side, but again, flexibility. Look at the bend. You should talk about something like that ankle flexion, the flexibility. Your ankles have to be able to bend opposite of your leg um, to maintain contact with the ground while you're bending. Obviously, if your leg has to stay straight right here, you're just going to slip. So having ankle flexibility is important. Bends. And again, Wentz has has the capability to, to step up because look how big this 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 this, this hole is right here. Guys like Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, Rankin's rushing right here. Guess who's not stepping up? Could this have easily been a th- a, a four sack game for Lawson? Yes, like easily. He missed one. Happens. Some of these plays where quarterbacks are stepping up away from him is because he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. That's as quick as a win as you're ever going to get. Yeah, his ability right here too. Like once he once he once he notices that he's passing, he has to corner. Look at how look how quick he corners. Plant corner. Wentz just steps up and away from it, but this is this is great. That, that explosion right here, right there, really nice. The whole actually the whole play is explosive. The explosive is all right there. Bad play. Would you rate that better than a than a than a stunt where the quarterback held the ball for five seconds, and then Hendrickson got the sack? Yes, easily for me. 
I, I couldn't give, I, I give much less shits uh, about the result versus the process. Technique, power, edge, right edge again, or right side of your screen. Creating a lot of disruption. Again, Peters widens, opens up. His pass rush plan is to use that long arm, that bull rush again. Again, really good job widening, getting that leverage. Um, you don't want a long arm, obviously. If, if he's going to stand straight up in long arm like this, from this angle, it's not going to be powerful. You want to get your legs, you want to get your hips, you want to um, work your leverage underneath of that hand. So you don't want to be standing straight up. So again, he does a really good job of, of, uh, of lowering his base of lowering his hips as he gets into contact. Powerful arm angle, much lower than the tackle. Chop right there. Wins this battle, tackle lands his hand. Again, awareness to chop, working his hands. Um, these are these secondary counter moves. There's guys who just bull rush it here and then not be able to finish because of hands on them. You need to have those, those, those counter moves. Um, to obviously the, the tackle or the secondary counters, you know, third counters, fourth counters, you got to keep working. He works it right here, chops it. Now he feels the tackle who is going to, uh, because he lost that outside hand is going to really have to drop his weight into loss and to, to rush him up the arc again, just natural feel for that. Now, what does he do? Plants hard off the instep, drops his weight. And now that he's working hard to the, you know, to get up the arc, now what does he do? He uses that momentum against him and throws him past him. Again, one, there's a hold right here. So look at look at it, look, look at the right hand of of Peters and tell me it's not a hold. So could have had three, four sacks. This could have been a hold, maybe a sack if it wasn't a hold. Like he this game was absolutely dominant for him. And unless you're telling me this is not a hold, if you're watching Peters' right hand. Which, which, what, what I should say this is, is actually, a, just to be more clear, it's a hump move too. When you're feeling that weight like that and you're going to throw him past you like that, people call that a hump. So you hump move. He gets held clearly the entire time right here. And he misses the sack. So he missed a, a sack because of holding. Terrible play? No, it's not. Obviously, it's a great play. Effort. Love to see that too from your guys who are the higher round picks. Uh, the personality of him seems great. He seems like a hard worker. Um, you want to see the effort. This is more of like that wide nine, that nine tech uh, role. That you'll see him with, with the Jets. He's not going to play nine. He's going to play nine all the way to five. But um, the, to have the flexibility, the 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 burst, the bend, the explosion to play this role is is great. Ducks his head into the tackle. The tackle does a good job uh, lowering, getting his hand on. But again, in terms of winning the rep, does he do it initially? No. The thing you do want to point out here is the effort. I don't think he gets it. Maybe is this a sack? Where does where his actual ball snap from? 
was he getting before that line? I don't think it's a sack. Maybe it, may, may, you know, whatever. I don't think it is, but I like the effort here. Again, doesn't win the rep. I'm not going to go over all that effort, effort, <laughs> spin, effort, effort, effort. Like continue to chase him down. Like love that. Got you. Got to love that. All right, next play. Lack aware. Hmm. Okay, so it's not a good play for him. Is he going to have all good plays? Obviously not. Yeah, run game setting the edge. There there will be a uh, player or two that he's not the most efficient on, um, which, again, is why I call him a decent decent run defender not not he's not great he's you know he's a great pass rusher he is just a decent um edge guy especially for a team like like the ravens who have a lot of like eye candy and things like that um you do want to see him have some better awareness right here just based on the fact that he is setting the edge you know um with him blocking that with with the tackle blocking down and this guy looping around um to block Lawson, you do want to see him get to the outside shoulder right here to, to drop what he's doing with the tackle and to maintain outside because obviously there's more pursuit coming from the inside. You want this running back to have to cut up field, knock it outside of you. Um, so I want to see a little bit better awareness of this uh, of this block that's coming. Gets pinned inside. And the running back or the uh, – they get the end around. I think it's passive. I'm recording this a little like around like noonish, but I work midnights, so it's actually pretty early. Uh, again, want to see better awareness there. That's that's really it on that play. Spike double team. Okay, so he's gonna be a double team. He's gonna spike the middle of it right here. He's gonna again. There's there's a couple of ways you can take on double teams. Take on one of the guys. Uh, typically it is the, the, uh, the post, they have the high leg, the post, you want to take on the post dent, the guy who is going to be primarily uh, responsible for blocking you. Um, because then this guy's just going to climb, um, and you're taking on the, the primary block you need to, um, to be really simplistic about it. Again, sees a double team coming or that, that would have been post and high for if they were going opposite, but this is. Um, going obviously towards him, so it's a little bit different, but still sees a double team, spikes it, air quotes, spike it, as people call it, put your helmet right in between. Now it's hard for them to pass off to either one. Good job on the rip right here, too. Yeah, that the handwork right here is really important. Um, the, 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 the smarts of how to take this on by spiking it and the hands are important. Watch the hands leverage spikes. It throws the rip with the right arm, the left arm. You're, you're going to see it work to clear this arm of the left tackle of uh, Stanley, I believe. See that little wipe right there. Wipe with a rip. Eyes are continuing to stay up. Sees the running back. Gets on the tackle. Hell of a job to take on a double team. Yeah, that's 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 really good. He flashes in the run game a lot. Like you'll you'll see him make some damn good plays in the run game because of his power and his technique. His technique overall is pretty good too. But um, some of the lateral agility and awareness at times is is lacking. 
hands, long arm. Again, another sack or should be sack. Like it's not like he's just barely like touching a guy to get pressure. Like he's just missing sacks. Um, up the arc, what happens? You have Stanley who oversets a little bit. So it's going to be hard. It's, he's setting a really hard edge for Lawson to bend around. What is he going to do? He's going to work through him. Lands the left hand, but not the right hand. Stanley wins the, the outside hand. But Lawson extends, works the elbow, really important. Works to break that contact. Again, there are guys right here who will just panic and they're shut down. What do you have to do if the guy gets a hand on you? You have, to, you, have to, you have to break that contact. You have to break that elbow. Breaks the elbow. Feels it coming again. Chops. Again, you want to see that a little bit stronger on that chop right there. Because it doesn't break the contact point. But he does enough. Chops the elbow as he gets the hand on inside. Again, he does a really good job winning the inside hand. Leverage. Ball rushes right through him. Flattens. And again, maybe a little bit of a hold right here from Stanley. But a little bit of that short tackle radius and uh, the, the just the ability of Lamar Jackson to stay up as he's going down and to, to throw that ball. So um, ideally, is it a sack? Yes. Should have been. Probably. Yes but still a really good play that should have forced an, an interception. So loss and power. Are ready? Um, read, uh, read, leverage, rip, power. Yeah, that's a quick one. Tackle tries to jump set him. On a, uh, he tries to reach, basically, they're, they're trying to sell this play action. He's trying to jump set and be aggressive. But uh, obviously, Lawson, with him jumping inside, he takes a little bit of a risk right here. But there's a huge gap in the B gap. So there's a couple things. One, if it's a play action, they're screwed. And two, with the quarterback turning his back to him, this run's not going to go this way unless it's a very odd looking counter, which it is not going to be. So Towards the tackle, tackle towards a jump set. Lateral step, or, or he shortens his stride right here. Shortens his stride. It's on a full step. Crosses his face. Club rip. Again, and that rip and what that's doing is lifting that arm. So now if his hand's on his, let's just say his chest, his pec area, now when you throw that rip, now you're now you're lifting the arm and there's less, there's less power directed at it. Um, into his chest, so obviously you can work through it easier. And again, now River gets rid of the ball. It's an incompletion, but is this as quick as you're going to win in the NFL? Yes. <laughs> like, what else is he supposed to do there that, that he got a quarterback hit for? You know, this is, again, why it's important. Uh, Lawson, power... Uh, drop point aware. Okay. Right here again, uh, seven tech, wide seven, if you want to call them that, a loose seven. Three point stance, burst. First thing you notice on this play is burst. 
Oh God. <laughs> oh God. That's fun. Okay. Tackle has depth. Is he going to work around this? Is this a hard edge for him to get past? Yes. What is he going to do? He's going to bore us the shit out of you. Especially that that's the benefit of him is with him as a nine tech. If he's, he's wide enough where his, where his burst might take him right past the tackle. Um, but if that tackle, because of his, because of his speed is going to be forced to open up and to sit at a, at a drop point or to kind of open up and again, work, work, uh, down the arc a lot, guess what he's going to have to he's gonna do? He's going to bull rush right through you. So it's going to be exciting to see him at nine tech a little bit more. This is where you're going to see a lot of this type of stuff when he, if he's out wide. The, the, the tackle gets to a good set point, but um, loss and allowing him to build up that power, um, especially with his, with his strike timing, with his inside hand, strike timing is always really good. Goes to chop the outside arm but misses, but still lands both hands inside. And again, what does he do as he comes into contact? Lowers his body. And now look what happens. Now you're just talking about straight power. Like that you're not going to generate. Look at, look at how aligned his body is right here. Up and through him. He's going to lift the shit out of him right here. That's what he does. The tackle is quite literally off the ground. This foot looks like it's on the ground, but it's not. This foot's off the ground. This foot's off the ground. He gets underneath of him and lifts a 300-plus-pound tackle. Look at this leverage. How condensed he is right here and how much he's working through him is, is this is a very fun play to watch. Again, now look at Rivers, how he's affected. He can't step through his throw. Now does he – I think he misses his throw because of this. Or maybe he doesn't. I forget. But regardless, he affects the throw. Look at this. Is like – what else, what else do you expect him to do on this play as quickly as he does? Damn. Stunt. Okay, so you're going to see a little bit from the Jets too. Obviously, without blitzing, they are going to stun a little bit. Um, not as much, especially when you have guys who can win in one-on-ones. They don't have to stunt as much. But will it be a part of the game plan? Yeah, I'm sure. Will it be less of a, uh, a part of the game plan than a guy like uh, – you know, Greg Williams, who stunted all the time. Yes. And that's what you, you, you want less stunting with guys. You can win in one-on-ones. Um, you lead to quicker wins. Again, good bend. TE stunt. Again, with this, with the slide right here, I don't necessarily love the play call to be completely honest with the slide going, going left to right with like that jet protection. Um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna slide just based on this this look. So zoning, and then uh, you have the the Gilligan on the backside, the the island with the right tackle to the to the DN. We have gets chip help too. So um, there's no way this is not gonna slide. So I don't necessarily love the play call of a stunt um to the slide side like that. But regardless, um, you have the the zero tech who's gonna try to pull the center left guard. And ideally you want Lawson to be kind of free off here, but because they slide the right guard is going to pick them up. But again, still has the, 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 the technique and the um, bend and the athleticism to get past them. So obviously with him sliding to his left, Lawson, you know, work the opposite way. Um, this guy doesn't have to drop, 
drop his post and, and work back to Lawson, but Lawson has the explosion to get past him. Widen, club, rip, breaks that contact, right to Rivers. Quarterback hit. Now again, does he get rid of the ball? Yes. This is well of an executed stun as you can have for Lawson. Yes. You know, so. Power. Edge right here, right edge. A little bit loose. They're getting the ball out really quick, um, and he's winning consistently. Rushes the arc, strike timing. Again, consistently wins that battle where his hand his hand lands first. Goes to chop the outside hand again, misses. A lot of guys because he rushes because and and a reason for that too is like you don't want to kill him for that. You you want to be fair. Um, that's more of like that containment punch where they're trying to punch at the inside and then contain with the outside hand, which is the point of that because a lot of you know that's defending literally containing him. Um, more of like the hug technique with the outside hand, the half the half moon punch as they call it because. If you're going to shoot two hands like that, you're really locked in your hips. And if they are to, to win and defeat those hands, you screw yourself. So it's almost more of a safe punch. Um, so you can't kill him for not timing that, but it is what it is. Left hand inside goes, goes to chop misses. And then he goes to rip, but you have the left tackle who, um, who actually gets tight to it. But now what, what happens? Lawson, because he wins that leverage battle, now his counter move is just a bull rush. He's lower. He doesn't. He doesn't completely defeat the hands. But he. But again, he's lower. So now, now his power is going to come into play. Powers through him. Look how look how quick he moves this guy back. In a hurry. Again, another hit. Looks much better than a five sack player to me. Lack accurate bull works hands. Yeah, again, um, I, I do want to see his his outside hand uh, again. From you know, talking about what I talked about last rep, um, the timing of it is okay in, in general. I just want to see it come at a higher angle. Really similar rep to a lot of the other reps we've been seeing with him. He, he you could see he rushes pretty similar, but he does have some versatility. Left hand inside, the right hand's too low. So he misses, and now now you know you have tackles who are if they're long, or if they have, or you know, let's say like a Becton, like a like a Becton would get his hands on right here, his left hand would be on, and he might shut this rush down. So against longer tackles who can keep up with them, when he does that, might be screwed a little bit. But again, lands the left hand, widens, wins the leverage game, and then works the hand, comes underneath. Forks it. Fork move. This is like a stab fork. Now his power directs through him. Another quarterback pressure, quarterback hit. Burst. Working in angles. Inside, outside, hand, outside hand misses. Leverage game. Right hand controls. 
directs force through him while controlling again that wrist again. Really works that hand. Pressure. Ball is out in under three seconds. This is why Jets need corners because, listen, like the, the defensive line could be great. You know, you can have Rankins, you can have Boss, you can have JFM, you can have Quinton Williams. But if you have, uh, you know, Bless Austin out there who's getting beat on a, on a three-step hitch consistently, um, it's, it's going to uh, lessen the impact of the defensive line. Now, vice versa, do the corners have to cover for as long? No, but still, if you're going to have this good defensive line, get, get some decent corners. They need to sign a corner. I'm sure I'm hoping by the next time I do a show, which actually I'll record, be recording part two of this in a couple of days. Uh, but in the next couple of days, they need to land a corner. They, they, that's the, that's their biggest in their team right now. Um, along with, with offensive guard, uh, two huge needs. Again, some, some really similar rep to the last couple of months. And Logan Gates, that step as he comes to that contact window. Left hand inside. Now the hand comes higher, but he misses. So now it's at a higher angle. So I like the higher angle. Um, but he needs to he needs to just be more accurate, you know, um, better anticipate where the arm is going to land. Um, you don't necessarily like the thing with like rushers is sometimes they try to they try to really break stuff with their hands. Um, you want to throw more forearms because it gives you more of that range. If you're aiming for your forearm, you might miss, but then you have the whole the whole other foot or whatever of of your forearm to your to your um, fist to hit it. And if you miss, you know, and, and maybe if you overextend, whatever, now you have your forearm to your elbow to hit. So like people who try to swipe with their hands and just their hands, just their wrist area, you're really not taking advantage of your arm length. You want to take advantage of your arm length and chop and try to hit with your forearm. Your your forearm should be hitting things, not your not your hand, because again. Um, if you miss, if you're too short on that, you're going to miss completely. So if I keep angle more of this form right here, um, maybe he breaks that. So that's just a, a kind of a side note. Um, but again, wins the inside hand, misses on that hand. But again, because he lands that inside hand and he's lower, he has the ability to recover. Where if he wasn't low right here, he'd get completely stood up. But because he's low, now he's going to direct his force through him. Again, similar to other plays, comes up with a fork, tight elbow. He's going to control the wrist, the elbow area, lift him up. So good bull rush, good, good secondary move. I do want to see more accuracy with that, with that inside hand. But burst, leverage, inside hand. Um, the counter move of, of landing that, that, uh, that, that fork on the outside arm, is, they're all good. It's all good. And obviously throws a tackle still right onto the, onto the, uh, the quarterback. You cannot fully step into his throw again. Ball's out really quick, though. Long arm aware of quarterback. Okay. Again, the ball's out quick, but Lawson wins really quick here versus Wills. It uh, was my favorite tackle in the draft. I really like him. Really similar. Again, you're seeing you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of his pass rush um, plan and what he likes to do a lot. A lot of that inside stab, chop outside arm. That's 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 his biggest move for sure. The timing of it's great. They land probably about us simultaneously. Really good set by the tackle right there. Good job not oversetting. Good job splitting. Good strike timing. So good good tackle play. 
Um, but a good play by Lawson as well. Lands the hand. Again, is not completely able to break it, but he does enough. Obviously, to get it off of him. Now, again, once he lands that inside hand, four strikes through him. Leverage game. And the power that's working through him is great. Right here. Working off the instep, directing right through him. Now, again, the benefit of this long arm is, especially with the guy with short arms, if he had two hands on, now he can now obviously the tackle can land his two hands. But when he has one arm on, uh, you get that extra shoulder rotation of extension. So it's harder for – obviously, you know, if you ever try to dunk a ball, is it easier to dunk with, dunk with two hands or, or one hand? Obviously, you get that extension, extension from that one hand. Um, so – that the the fact that he does that actually uh, mitigates to his short arms to a certain extent. Obviously, having long arms is better um, than short arms, but him long arming like he does with that long arm bull rush um, limits that, or limits the ineffectiveness of his of his shorter arms. So, good job getting low, long arm. Eyes on the quarterback, eyes on the quarterback. Quarterback starts to hitch up, hitch up. What does he do? Cross his face. And he, and he does try to swipe that, that outside arm just in case too. He misses again, but cross the face, arm over, quarterback hit. So again, wins pretty damn quick. But the ball is out quick. That affects a quarterback, clearly. Lawson bull rush right here. <laughs> Ton of quarterback hits and pressures, man. It's crazy. 45 degrees set from the tackle. Again, another, another good tackle, another good set by, by, uh, um, Wills and Wills wins this, this first, Phase of this play, he wins. Splits him, hands on, chops the inside arm of, of Lawson. So Lawson lost at this point. But again, Lawson counters to to the same move he was going to do. So beat him twice on it. Long arm, chop, bull with that long arm. Again, it's a lot of the leverage game that wins him. His his his, his stoutness, why it hurts him in terms of his arm length, also wins him wins uh, wins him some reps, reps because of leverage. Here's because of leverage. The the amount of power he's generating right here, obviously thicker legs, thicker trunk, which is good. Um, a lot of power coming from his base, and when a guy is lower than you like this, it's 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 really freaking hard. Even if you all have hands on. If your hands are on, but they're but they're extended and down because of how low a guy is, it's not as powerful as if he was standing more up and you're and you have that that ninety percent bend or the nice ninety percent extension. I didn't say bend because ninety percent bend would be like this. But um, yeah, good job getting low, hands on or uh, using that long arm again, directing the force up and through him. Crosses face another quarterback hit. These are going to turn into sacks, and I can easily see him being a 
Um, 10 plus sack guy for the Jets for the next couple of years while he's here. That's that's for damn sure. And hopefully, and he, listen, he did, he did a smart thing too. He signed a three year deal. Um, he's going to be 28, 29 when the deal ends, and he's going to have another opportunity to cash in. Hopefully, it's with the Jets. Power through Bend. Left side of your screen again. Yeah. Okay. Again, another quarterback who's mobile, former receiver who who uh, gets away. What happens? More of a direct angle towards the tackle. What does he do? Hand on. Elongates that step right here. Hops outside. Again, you're rushing towards him to keep him inside. Once you come to that contact window, you want to defeat the hands, elongate or 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 get more a little bit like laterally outside, and then bend. So then you're then you're eliminating the hips. If you're keeping his hips inside, defeating the hands, now now he has nothing. So that's what he's trying. That, that's a lot of his plan. And if you are going to get outside of him, he's going to bull rush you. Um, and typically, everything's followed or, or, or paired with a long arm stab. So rushes inside, widens, chops the outside, but he misses again. If, if he if he could uh, be a little more accurate, that maybe even more effective but again because he held him inside and then hopped outside now he's now he's even with his hips and once you're even just like with with receivers and corners depending on the obviously on the set point but a lot of times with tackles if you're even with your hips you're, you're pretty much leaving and uh, he gets even wins the leverage throws the rip and now he's in a bend and you're gonna see the power through the through the bend again Flexibility. Look at his body right here. Not easy to do. He's on an angle to get to to uh, Tanhill, but again, you know another po a point I made before. Look at how look at how much he has, look how much room he has to step up. Quentin Williams, John Franklin Myers, Rankins. He's not stepping up right here. You know, it might be a player too. So don't so don't bring it one play back during the whole season. Tell me that, but uh, generally he's not going to step up like this, and it's probably going to be a sack. This is not happening with the Jets front or it really shouldn't be happening. Um, that's, that's easily the strength of the team. And uh, if they live to, if they live to their potential, if Lawson continues to play just like he did last year, some of these plays will turn into sacks. If Quinn Williams even plays like he did just last year, or he continues to take steps up, which you would imagine for a young guy in his third year, he will. Um, if Rankins rounds back into form, uh, is healthy. John Franklin Myers continues with what he's doing. This could be uh, a top five, top, three defensive line, uh, especially in terms of pass rushing in the NFL, uh, which is great to see because they just haven't had that pass rush in a, in a while. Um, this is a play that I do not get in any, in any sense from the, from the Titans. I, th this, this has to be a bone play. Uh, you have the, you have the fake uh, jet sweep. inside tight zone and they just don't block Lawson for what I have. I have no idea what they're trying to do right here. Um, but Lawson misses. He guesses that he guesses it's going to be a play action. Um, he guesses wrong. You know, it, it's easier said than done, but he needs to, he, he needs to be, um, or it's not easier said than done. Um, obviously, just tackles both of them right here. That's 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 the ideal play. Um, but you want to see him be a little bit more patient right here and uh, 
and attack the running back once he sees him out of the ball. So you want to see him uh, kind of break down a little bit right here. If he gets taken on the block at the quarterback, fine. If not, take a tackle the running back. But he he risked it, or he yeah he risked it. Risk risk it risk is I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Um, he's a little bit risky here, and he just attacks the quarterback. Guesses are wrong. Running back gets the ball and gains a couple of yards. Chop timing a wide angle. We got 10 plays left. And then next show will be like 30 plays and I'll be done. With Lawson, then we'll do Davis, uh, which I will have uh, Marcus Coleman on for. At least uh, I'll probably have like a 70 play review of him too. I'll probably do two parts of that as well. Um, the first part, the first 30, 35 plays uh, with, with, uh, Marcus Coleman. Edge right here. Which, by the way, does Corey Davis get 84 from Ryan Griffin? I'm hoping he does. I hope he buys it off him or something. Or Griffin's just nice enough to give it to him. Yeah, this is this is a lot of move paired. This is a lot of move paired uh, together. Similar pass rush, man. One, two steps inside. One, two, three steps inside, whatever it may be. This one's two. One, two steps inside, hops outside, again, to eliminate, eliminate the hips, um, getting underneath of the arms. Now he's working just hands, chops the outside arm, breaks that contact, rip. Chop, rip, right? It's actually almost like a, like a swipe. Or actually, he goes for the maybe the long arm right here. It gets chopped, but he counters. Um, not with the outside arm, but getting the inside inside arm back on the rip. Chop, rip, bend, power, lifts up the elbow. Again, it's a, this is a perfect example of breaking that contact. That's exactly what the rip is supposed to do. Now, instead of having that left hand on the chest like it is, you throw that rip and you lift up, direct their force upwards. Now, what does that do to that hand? Do the hands not on anymore? It's exactly a perfect example of what a rip is supposed to do. Now he's screwed. Big hit on Tannehill. If the if Tannehill does not throw the ball, literally, if, if it's a quarter of a second later, it's a sack. But he gets the ball out. Spin move. Okay, yeah, he has he has the ability to uh, to win outside long arms, stabs, bowls, spins, um, chops, rips, pump moves. Um, he has a he has an array of moves, which is great. Again, now this is either through film study or through him just feeling this rusher that he likes to hop outside on his third step or fourth step, whatever it is. It's one or it's one, two, three, four. It's a big step. Like he hops outside. So either he he planned that. And there's rushers who will literally, it, it, this is why they call it a plan. Like you, there's obviously every rusher trying to win to, to a certain extent, but he might have set him up for five, six reps out here. We rush out shot, rush outside, rushed, 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 all from the same angle. And he started to, to notice whether it be in that instance or on film that he likes to hop outside in that third step. So now he plans it. Knows he's going to hop, times it. Explode off the outside foot, tight inside foot. Could, maybe it could be a little bit tighter, a little bit more inside if you're being a little bit critical. Again, his I pointed to the screen like you could see me. 
when he when he's going to spin, his his arms are compact. So maybe even if he so even if he doesn't completely defeat the hands, chop down the hands of the tackle, they're compact enough where um, they're tied to his chest. So he's not going to get to you know the tackle's not going to be able to shoot to the inside. He's going to hit his arms, which is obviously not as effective. So it's a little bit more of a conservative approach with the hands right here instead of chopping down. Um, but it works. And he, and he does chop down a little bit too at the same time. Split off the outside foot. One, two, three. You, don't, you only want to be three, really two steps to get back around. Explode, pivot, swipe. Look how tight that is. What that does too when it's tight is you're literally propelling yourself off of him. Now you're working off of something. So that's literally throwing you towards the quarterback. Quarterback again, gets away, throws the ball. But this is, again, as quick as a move as you're going to get. Loss and hump. Right side of your screen. Super similar. One, two, third step. He's going to explode inside. Drop his hips. Left arm inside. This tackle is starting to, again, he, he's uh, he's cheating a little bit outside. And once you start cheating outside on Lawson, he's either one going to bull you, spin you, or hump you and get back inside. That, that Those are his primary moves back inside. Widens, long arm, bull, bull. No, it's not really a hump. Well, it's, it's kind of a hump. Again, a hump is just if the guys are going to go outside, you're going to get your hand inside to the, to the ribs, to the armpit, and you're going to obviously throw him to the side as you, as you cross inside or vice versa to the outside. So a little bit of a hump. Lowers hand inside. And again, gets right to, to Tannehill. Look how, look how quick the ball is out. One, two, three, out. No rush is going to get there unless he's unblocked. One, two, three, out. Playing Lawson for that? Can't. It's a win. Uh, Lawson, great rush win. Okay. Look, just notice the quarterback. One, two, three, ball out. How is he supposed to get there? From the edge, especially. The pass rush is good. Really similar. One, two, three. Hand inside. I also like the one thing that I do like from him too. That's a little bit like like it, it depends on who you watch. I like that his out that his inside arm right here comes from comes from an underneath angle instead of like like some guys are over the top. When you go over the top, it's harder to lift guys. Um, he comes from underneath, and it allows him to get underneath guys. When you see when you see him when you see him lift guys. Um, or even when he when he humps the those you know sounds fucked up, but humps those guys, um, it allows him a little more flexibility with how he works that hand. So I like that he comes from an underneath angle like that. I, I do. Um, so that's something to, to note. Hand inside, chop, good timing of the chop and high chop. See how that some of the chops came from more of his chest area where he chops down and it misses. Now when you're coming from higher, it gives him more of that space. 
more more of a window to to chop that arm as I should uh, I should probably correct myself. So high chop, come with a forearm, chops the arm, rip. Look at that combination of moves: stab, chop, rip. As he widens to, to drop his hips for leverage and to again to to get work past those hips, bend right to the quarterback, but he gets rid of the ball. Hell of a play. Doesn't get better than that. Body's play doesn't get better than, but the quarterback's getting rid of the ball quick, whatever it may be. There might be a sack or two that he missed, but it is what it is. Back to back. Uh, what are these rushes? Oh, uh, yeah, this is where he just kind of just beats the shit out of the left tackle for a minute. Similar play. The tackle's just sitting on it. What is he going to do? The tackle's sitting on it. He's in direct his power right through you. So you better you better set it down and get ready for a bull rush coming. Sets it down. Okay, just turns directly into him. Look at this. Look at the explosion here off of that foot. Explode through him. Left arm tight. Again, coming underneath with that hand. Up and through him. Notices the set point, flattens out, gets to the quarterback, gets a hit. Back to back, this is the next play. Rushes the edge. A little bit of a risky punch from the left tackle with two hands. Lawson actually gets caught, but is able to just work through with power. That's really all it is. Tries to come underneath with the hand, but he misses. It slides off the off of the tricep, but it just works through this power. Gets near him again. Two amazing plays? No. But back to back, those those are pressures. Those are for sure. This this tackle's not having the best day. You know, like it, it's it's not a lot of fun for him. Um, six plays left. Yeah, we'll drop we'll drop it right at forty. Uh, again, left edge, left side of your screen. I I, lo- I love seeing when when guys get when guys get like depth. And they're going to sit on it. I, I love the fact that he's just aggressive enough to just lower, drop his hips, and just bull rush the shit out of guys. Like he's a bad end ram when it, when it comes to that. Not winning the edge at this point. The edge is a really hard. Uh, it's a hard edge. It's a hard edge to win. What does he do? Explode off the outside foot directly through him. Got to work those angles. Work off the instep. And look how quick he drives that tackle back right into to, to Big Ben. He, he drives them, what, one, two, three, four yards, maybe maybe four to six yards really quickly. Look at that explosion. That, like, secondary explosion that he has, like where he rushes and figures out his plan, once he decides to explode through you, um, this is hard to stop. Next, torque bull. Yeah, core power is is definitely there for him. Um, that's for sure. Stab goes to chop the uh, the outside arm, but uh, the left tackle ducks into it a little bit. So he actually ends up hitting the face mask a little bit. Seems like doesn't really land. But very very consistently, uh, I I've I don't know if I've seen a rep on tape in the past game where he loses a leverage battle. Which again, being a shorter rusher, a, a stouter rusher, assists to that. But he also does a great job um, with with just 
playing the leverage as well. Like it's not just, oh, he's short, so he wins it. Like he, he does a good job with his angles working that leverage as he widens and drops the hips. Shot doesn't land. But the left, hand, left arm again, he wins that battle. He gets contact first. Bull rush. And this is torque too. Now, now the now the power is running through his hips. Lift and torque. So he's rotating his hips right here to bring that arm through and him around. Torque. And <laughs> again, like the power right here. He doesn't win initially. Like it's not a huge win initially. Like this said, some guys is not a win. Like it's shut down right now, but he continues to work the power that he has. It's, it's literally because of the hand. The hand wins in this rep. It's the inside hand. It's not the outside hand. It's, it's the hand and the leverage. Gets underneath of him, power through his core, and he's literally sending this tackle flying. He's hopping on one foot. He, he's trying to recover. And he's in oh shit mode. Completely tosses him. Hits Big Ben. But it's a completion. But it's a hell of a play from Lawson. Look at this. Hell of a play. I think it says OT sits again. OT sits on long arm, one outside. Okay. Yeah, it's another thing too. Like, you know, when guys sit in the bull rush now, if they're going to sit inside a little bit on the bull rush, now he wins outside. If they sit outside because they're expecting the, the long arm, now he's going to spin you. Now he's going to hump. Um, the bull is pretty much always in play, to be honest. But tackle sits inside a little bit. The stab doesn't necessarily land because this, the, the tackle sits. But good job coming over the top with its chop this time. Chopping the elbow. Again, this is what I want to see more consistently. I want to see these high, these high wind-up of chops. Especially if you're going to land the inside arm. It gives you a little bit of flexibility to do that. Chops the elbow. Rips through. And bend. Look at that bend. Again, we're talking about 260-pound defensive end. The, the power through contact, the power in his bend, when guys are kind of sitting, sitting on him and trying to push him up the arc, um, is top-notch. Hit. Ball is completed, but again, look how quick he wins. Working the angle. Inside, 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 sits. Shot the outside arm, rip. This bend is, is really, really good. Quarterback hit. Three plays left. Um, power bend. Okay. Right edge. Similar play. Inside angle outside. Left hand lands this time again. Coming up, which I like. A little bit of a nugget. Some people again depends on their hand is, but I like it underneath. High with the chop with the outside arm. Chops the elbow. Can't really tell necessarily what it's, it's not a rip. He's continuing the long arm. Um, now, if he, now if this tackle were to take more of a, of a hard set and meet him in the outside a little bit more, this this long arm probably turns into a a rip. But because he's sitting inside a little bit, he doesn't want to to rip if there's a lot of of space between them because then he'll be able to recover. Um, he'll 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 uh he'll wrench him, which is basically just the the left arm on the body and the right arm on the hip. Um, so it depends like long arm versus rip, depending on how close you are. If you're closer to him, rip, if you're, if you're a little bit farther away, 
maintain that long arm. So he long arms them and just bends around that long arm. Or does it turn into a rip at a certain point? Maybe it turns into a rip here. It looks like it turns into a rip there, but long arm into a rip. So again, it's just watch this part of it. This is why this is this is why I recorded this. I could tell when he's cornering right here. Watch how flexible he is with this guy on top of him. You see his body right there, and how he's still able to to corner and nearly get to the quarterback. Look look how like and that's hard to see a little bit at this angle, but this is an absurd amount of power and flexibility right there. Man. Yeah, he's uh he's a real deal. Um 39. Chop flatten. I'm assuming it's gonna be inside, chop, hop outside, flatten quickly. You can flatten quick. Oh, that's not him. Jesus. Where is he? Oh, this is him. Okay. Sending a blitz off the outside. Oh, okay. A little bit of a game. So he's trying to hold this this tackle outside. He's gonna pull him and then he's gonna rush the A gap. He rushes the B gap. Good chop timing. Um, want to see a little bit more towards the elbow instead of to the wrist, but chop timing deflects the hand. Now the hand is not as strong as it would be if it landed right here. Now it lands maybe a little bit with his wrist or forearm, but defeats the outside hand. Look at that flatten. Again, when I'm doing it slow, it doesn't look as impressive. When I play it at full speed, just, just notice this right here. The hop into the flatten. The bend right there, and the flexibility. I'll play it again. Watch. See how quick that is. For his size, that's great. Another hit on Big Ben. He's rock on this game. Uh, last play of this review, and then I'll be back with a shorter, thirty-ish play part two. Um, power sack. Okay. Uh, right here, the right side of your screen, the right defensive end, his primary position. It's going to be exciting to see him next to <clears throat> next to Q. Even even Rankins and like, I am really excited for this defensive front. But if they can add a linebacker, legitimately, they need a a starting outside corner, a slot corner, and a linebacker. And this defense, in my opinion, let's say if they close out their free agency with not even a bunch of big names, if they land. If they land a Quan Williams or a Poole, and even if it's not a a Steven Nelson or one of those bigger guys, let's let's say it's let's say it's Razul Douglas who played I think for the Panthers last year he played relatively well. Razul Douglas, Brian Poole, and they land a, a KJ Wright. I think this could be a top ten defense. I legitimately do because their defensive front is so good, um, especially with Salah coaching it. I'm really really excited. Right now, I, I feel like they're a, a, a mid-level defense because their corners are just dreadful. Uh, I like Hall, but again, shorter sample size, injury history. Um, I like him as a two. I'm confident. I'm relatively confident that going forward. But with 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 Bless Austin as a starter, I, I can't I can't get past that power sack. Maybe I, they, maybe they've signed a freaking corner, but you know, send me a recording show. I don't know. Again. 
tackle setting a little bit of a harder of an edge. Wins the leverage game, wins the hand inside. The power coming through this foot is absurd. Directly up and through the tackle. Maintains the contact, maintains the contact, maintains the contact. Notices the quarterback's drop point. Flattens across his face. Sack. Full speed. Power, power, power. Awareness of the drop point, and again, rips through. Moves guys a lot with that leverage and that power. So whether it be whether it be he has to hit a corner, or it be that he has to flatten across the face, or, or just or eat the flatten either way, but across the face is um, what we have to do is a winning inside like that. Does it sack? Awesome. Okay, I'll be back in a couple of days. Again, after that, I'll have Davis. Uh, let's see. Uh, I believe, unless you guys think differently, uh, the live, I should be live streaming the second round or no Monday, the fifth, the first Monday of this month, I will be live streaming with Kyle Smith. I'll be doing a show. I'm going to try to get done with, um, I'm going to try to get done with Lawson, Corey Davis, Rankins, uh, Gerard, Gerard Davis and Cole before the draft. And then after the draft, it'll probably be Joyner, Croft, and whoever else they sign, depending on how big the signings are. Uh, maybe I'll do like a Zach Wilson thing before the draft. I might just wait to see who they draft and then do it. I have 130 plays on Wilson and Fields. So <clears throat> if they draft Wilson, I'll go to see if I have any other film available. I've done a lot of games on him. That'll probably be like a three-part show on him. I'll probably do like 50 plays, 50 plays, 50 plays, or 40 plays, 40 plays, 40 plays. Um, but the live stream, the, the, the fifth, the first Monday, I think it's the fifth. Um, the live stream for the second round of the draft, the second, third round of the draft, I'll probably do. Marcus Coleman will be doing a ton of stuff. Uh, stay tuned. Appreciate you guys listening, and I'll see you soon.